The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Oh, that's what I'd like yeah. to hear. That was a sweet <laughs> My pour. Perfect, perfect start of a day. Hey, everybody, nice welcome to the Winemakers. I'm John Myers, sitting with, of course, my really good friends, Brian Casey, Bart Hansen, and our, well, and I, I completely spaced. Uh, welcome. How you doing? I'm well. Brandon works with me at the, Brandon is the psalm at uh, the Fairmont at uh, Sante, and he lives literally right down the road and spends half his paycheck here, so I figured he would be the perfect person <laughs> to invite on the show. And we have another really great guest today, Barry Herbst. And uh, Barry, you run, how long have you run the bottle bar? Uh, so I started here um, almost two and a half years ago now, in September, um, after Ben Pearson passed away, who had been the wine buyer here for 22 years, I believe. Uh, Jeez, long, so. that's long term yeah. in anything, 22 years, holy cow. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and so, uh, so Barry, let, let's uh, back up a little bit in that, where were you before you came to Bottle Barn? Uh, so I moved to Northern California from Southern California 14 years ago uh, to take a job for the Rare Wine Company that was based uh, yeah. in Sonoma. So I was general manager there for 12 years, uh, and then they moved the offices to Brisbane, and I uh, decided to take a pass on that commute. It's good, yeah, it's going to be a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I did a short stint in Napa Valley for a while, uh, worked for Sudaraj and Bounty Hunter there, and then I uh, wound up coming here when the um, wine buyer job. Yeah. Opened up. Yeah. So Ben Pearson um, was the buyer here, uh, as I think you said, from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of a wine country legend. Yeah. Uh, kind of built it from scratch. Basically. Yeah. And, and I the way I found out about Ben was from working at Kenwood and, um, you know, uh, he knew Mike Lee real well. And um, I always knew of him and met him a few times. Um, I remember when I first brought my wines in to see if they'd carry them. I, I didn't have a lot of confidence because I, he was such the, he was bigger in spirit than anything. I mean, bigger in personality than he was. I mean, oh, he yeah. was very happy to just buy your wine if it tasted good. But yeah. Quite well, the it, champion of a lot of the small guys, absolutely, which I uh, yeah. definitely learned is a hallmark of the store and right. tried to carry that. So out. the store opened originally in what year? Uh, 1990. Okay. And it's always been in the same location. Uh, yes, I yeah. think it uh, was a market previously, and then uh, it got converted into a, a liquor, beer, and wine. So. I like it better. Yeah. Now, <laughs> How, so Bottle Barn, we we're we're always talking about you guys on the podcast, mm-hmm. which is why we're here. Then, and we um, appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. But it's you. You guys have a lot of wine, and your slogan is where wine country buys their wine. So mm-hmm. that seems to be a a good place to start. I yeah, mean, yeah. It's a, uh, I, you know, I don't know the exact numbers because we don't even have barcodes on the bottles. So uh, I'd imagine 60 to 70% of our wine buyers are somehow related to the wine industry, either winery owners, marketing departments, uh, cork producers, barrel makers, Psalms, Psalms, everything. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of people in there studying for WSET or, uh, various other uh, certifications, so they're buying all the real geeky, weird stuff. So, 
makes well, my job fun. Yeah, I mean, the pure so- amount of selection that you guys have. I mean, there's a lot of great wine shops in, in the area, um, but nobody has as many selections in, of any one variety or um, appellation than what you guys have. No, it's like, I was thinking about it today. It's like if you're into records, it's like going into the world's biggest record store. It's and, like what used to be Tower Records. Or, or yeah, if yeah. you're into books and you go into like Borders and you're just kind of overwhelmed because you want to take so many things home. Only difference mm-hmm. being that when you take this home, you drink it and it's gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I got yeah. lost in the French aisle already yeah. this morning. Yeah, you know, we spent a lot of time navigating customers to, uh, you know, they, they lose the people they come with or they can't find the French section or they just get overwhelmed in the Pinots and need a recommendation. It's, you know, it's a, a lot of support out there, which is uh, a really strong suit of the store. And, and I'm glad and, we have the team. And it. you're now doing tastings in the store. And I, I mm-hmm. apologize if it's been quite a while, but mm-hmm. it's somewhat new to, to me and maybe to some of our listeners that are familiar with you. Mm-hmm. And then you started having bands. Is yeah, that during right the, also? Uh, the summer and into the fall, we were doing bands. And then we did some off-premise tastings down at the Hyatt at Vineyard Creek, and we had bands there, too. We did right. a Pinot and Champagne, and we did a Rosé tasting there. Right. And then the, we just got the Type 86 license in November, so that allows um, producers to pour. Uh, so it has to be somebody directly related to the product, uh, like salespeople can't pour, we can't pour. Uh, so we've uh, Fridays and Saturdays, uh, we've been doing that, and it's been very successful. Cool. I saw uh, Jennifer Reichart, the uh, duck daughter, was here a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. She yeah. poured her wines, I think, a couple days before Christmas and really definitely did well that day. So yeah. I have to get on that calendar. Yeah. No, I have to get myself right on the show. <laughs> on Barry's calendar. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it. And that pouring on the Fridays and Saturdays, is that an all-day thing, a couple hours Usually, a day? Usually uh, there's two shifts. We have liquor or wine people. We try and have one of each on each day, and it's usually like um, a 12 to 2 on Saturday and then a 2 to 5. And then Friday we do like a, a 2 to 4 and then a 4 to 7. So. Usually there's four different people over the course of the two days. So, I mean, you know, you listeners, you're coming to Sonoma County to go to wineries. Um, it certainly would be worth your time if you're in Santa Rosa to swing by uh, Barrel Barn. Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> Bottle Barn. We should sell barrels, um, You should That's sell barrels, idea. yes. <laughs> uh, bottle Barn, um, just purely to check it out. And um, it, it's, you know, it's it's halfway between Sonoma and Healdsburg. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you're heading up north to anywhere like Russia River Valley, et cetera, and Healdsburg, Dry yeah. Creek, you know, a stop off here is perfect. Yeah. So. Well, and if you're not close, we've got an online presence. Now. And that's, so, that's, that's exactly the key. Yeah. bingo. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm looking at how you you package six mm-hmm. bottles together, and you know you have a taste of France, Spanish mm-hmm. exploration, tour of Italy, Sonoma Zen sampler, North Coast Pinot, and it's yeah. free shipping on these too. Yeah, so we've ramped it up slowly. I think we have about 250 items online right now, but uh, we're going to grow it slowly over time. And as we see what the trends are for what people are looking for, you know, out of the area. Doing a great job. Thank you. And how many states are you guys shipping to? Uh, I think right now about 28, something like that. Let me see. We need Missouri and Idaho. Are they on the list? Yeah. Well, and hopefully <laughs> some this of the, uh, Supreme some of Court case will go our way and uh, everything will be open soon. So Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Hopefully this fall. Barry, who who decides what what uh, wines get listed uh, on the online? Uh, I do all that. Okay. So and what, what? So right now, not having the numbers and and uh, mm-hmm. trends, is it just kind of a gut feel? 
Yeah, uh, now that it's been open a while, we're trending mostly to uh, local wines, of course, Sonoma, and then um, the hard-to-get stuff. We get a lot of uh, referrals from Wine Searcher, uh, guys looking for rarities, you know, older Bordeaux or something that's really allocated, a small champagne house or uh, single vineyard, Gigal, Cote Roti, or, you know, things you don't see everywhere. Uh, you know, maybe they're in Wisconsin and their local store doesn't have anything super interesting, but they can buy it online and they don't pay sales tax, so. Nice. nice. And who does all the tastings for the wine? So, if, so if, for example, Bart, I don't know how I've seen your wine in here, actually. Yeah, we, they um, have our Chenin Blanc and um, the Zinfandel. The Zin, yeah. yeah. Uh, Brandon and I were here last week. We got to spend $1,000 uh, buying wine for my nice. company party. So we, we spent a little over an hour and we're wow. poking through all the aisles. But do you, are it you the one? It only took an hour? Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't have a, we have to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have a job. It doesn't take us that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but are you the one that actually sits down with all the winemakers? No, I used to. And uh, once we started the online, I basically told all the uh, wholesalers that they needed to leave bottles open or closed. And uh, Friday, as a staff, we come over to this space, this annex, uh, two driveways down from the store. And uh, each one of us from the four and myself all come over and taste, and we compare notes at the end of the day. And that's basically how the buying decisions get done. So it just got to be too big of a time commitment to do it all myself. So Oh, I know. I mean, Brandon and I have both done tastings for wine list before. And you kind of at some point start dreading it. Oh, shit, I got to do another tasting. Yeah, today. and you want to get other perspectives. And those guys are on the floor quite a bit more than me. And they know what people are asking for, what categories, you know, are moving faster or slower. You know, I... I have a general sense of it, but they actually are out there every day. So uh, it's nice to have everybody involved. Plus, they'll hand sell the stuff they love. Right. Uh, so, it's and, a, and what what are you seeing? What is hot these days? Well, you know, we're actually in the process of expanding uh, Loire Valley section. Um, I moved Italy. Um, we're selling a lot of kind of the geekier uh, stuff and the mainstream. Right. Sancerre, Chinon, Samour Champigny, Anjou. Uh, all that stuff is doing really well. Um, so we've expanded that, uh, Italy's doing great. Uh, uh, pretty much any of the geeky areas, uh, Jura, people are trying weird wines from the Jura and, um, Spain has done quite well for us cause price points are great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pretty much every category, but those are the, some of the strongest right now. And there's Pinot still, um, Pinot's still the king in the store, for yeah. sure, and uh, Zinfandel, I would say, a close second. Well, and that's then, good to hear. In the summer, Sauvignon Blanc uh, really cranks up when the weather gets warm. And Rosé, of course, although I think we're hitting critical mass on Rosé. <laughs> I actually would have thought you might have hit it before. Yeah. Now, we had over Last 100 Rosés yeah. at peak of the season, but they all sold. Uh, <laughs> I think it's more on the, on the production side. There's going to be more coming to market than... There is demand, I think, at this point. Yeah, I think this year it's it's actually going to reach that maximum. I mean, does the does the world really need one more rosé label? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to taste more. <laughs> right. Some yes. say yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it used to be you could just bring them in; you knew they'd be pretty decent. But now that you know, you got to believe the quality is getting compromised by the the pressure to produce more. So it's funny though; the prices have been going up. Mm-hmm. So you would think they'd be a better wine. Yeah, I. Some guys have improved, but in some categories or some producers I've seen, they're just making more and more, and it's not what it well, used to Well, and that's be. where your taste buds and, and your employees yeah. come in. Yeah, we have to be a little more yeah on top of that stuff, or else you start putting out stuff that was great three years ago but isn't great now. So, 
definitely. That's an interesting comment. What was hot three years ago? I would say three years ago, uh, Napa Valley Cabernet was a lot stronger. I think that's another category that's on the on the downturn. I think the top guys are still. I would say in every category, the top one or two percent is unfazed. Uh, but it's a quick drop off now. I would say in Napa Valley Cabernet, if you're not getting 98, 99 points every year. Um, God, they've gotten stringent, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, well, if you don't get a ninety-eight point, don't, you know, you might as well sell the vineyard. Well, and then those prices have to have something to do with it, also. Mm. I mean, those prices have it not even inched up; they've just gone up. Yeah, over it's the, a different story when it was forty and fifty dollars. Now it's you know just middle of the roads, a hundred, hundred and twenty. So yeah, yeah, a lot of good wine out there for a lot less money than that. Yeah. Not, nothing against Napa Cabernet; I love it when it's right. Right. But, you know. How how times have changed indeed. Yeah. Think think about ten years ago too. Yeah. Or or more when it was buttery Chardonnay. Yeah. Merlot was on every yeah. wine list. Absolutely. Yeah. Before Sideways came <laughs> along and Well and, and that seems to be going by the wayside now. There are a lot of people bringing out a good Yeah, really, Merlot's coming back. Really great. And the best Merlot's guys have stayed in the game. Yeah. So the quality's high. And I think yeah. that's the Bordeaux style wines that I like. Mm-hmm. Um you know. Well, and the people that stayed in the game have also had their pick of the vineyards also. Right. Well, and everybody else abandoned, right? I mean. That's it, a real advantage. Probably a really good move on their parts. Yeah. Um, so you said Loire wines were mm-hmm. doing much better, and you're getting into those. What about the Rhones? Rhones also, um, you know, they've consistently done well, uh, again, because of the price point, I think a lot like the Loire Valley, but. You have all these southern Appalachians that have really not gone up in price in five to seven years, I would say. You've got Cote d'Aron, you've got Vaccarat, Minivois, Cote d'Aron, the whole southern stretch, Corbiere. Easy to find a wine under $15 there that delivers uh, on uh, you know, taste and profile that is right up there with $30. And, and that's elsewhere. pretty much the price you would pay shopping at an Avignon superstore. Right. You know? 10, yeah, not that 10, different. I, 12, I mean, 15. this this bottle of Cote de Rhone, twelve ninety nine. Um, oh yeah, I'm delicious. En- I'm enjoying it. Just it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, that, this has been a good one for a while. Saint Combe, and he makes several single vineyard Cote de Rhones, right. and then a whole lineup of Gigondas and Chateauneuf de Pop. But really, his deals are this and that uh, that basket press wine, the James Little James basket press is a um, multi vintage blend, which is really interesting. And oh, I don't typical. know that one. You it's have that in now? It's a, is that in stock? Yeah, it's on the other side of where this... Oh, okay, man, so. I didn't see it. I, I should run back yeah. and get one Well, we'll right have to right go now. check it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> check it out. No, yeah, well, we're going to have one. a shopping spree after right. this. Yes. There you I go. assume. As Keep we drinking. tend to, you know, when we're in this area. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I think the more I card coming out, John? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Barry, whenever I'm here, I run into reps a lot of the reps that i see um, mm-hmm. what what is your relationship and what is what is that like because i see them on the floor actually i don't know if they're doing inventory or they're yeah it's actually the stores uh at least in the california section uh with the exception of cabernet uh but like pinots and chardonnay are all laid out by company for the most part because it's a massive job just to stay on top of what we're selling out of and, and what we're low on. So the reps actually take inventory uh, twice a week from the big companies. Uh, and then they email me, you know, this is what you've got. Here's the suggested order. And then I respond back. And with the big companies, that's how we, uh, the, and then mid-level companies, they're here once a week. Some guys are here once every two weeks. And then um, 
so they really help keep things organized and stay on top of their products and the signage and all that they're responsible for. So right. it's really helpful. And the pricing that you guys have, <clears throat> I mean, I've bought wines here for less money that I've seen them listed on the website of the winemaker. Right. That's been a bit of a sticky wicket at times, but, uh, you know, wineries have to kind of decide if they want to sell to us or sell to their wine club or both. Or, you know, a lot of them have found ways around it by bottling wines just for retail and then bottling other wines just for their wine club, which I think is the best solution. But, you know, if we buy pallets of stuff, we can get really, there's so much wine on the market right now. That's part of why we did the online and how we can do the free shipping. We can buy in quantity, get it down so we can absorb that shipping cost. And, you know, it's usually stuff we can get really great deals on. I think the free shipping has got to be the number one hook. Oh, yeah. And and besides the wines. I mean, the wines are a given. That's yeah. the cost of entry. But you, you sending them out for free just is an amazing yeah. wait is there a minimum though, I like it on on getting things shipped uh okay. you can do any amount but the free shipping six bottles six bottles yeah that's where we of anything when was the last anything time that's you were in the store on, yeah mm -hmm. wow. when was the last time you were wine shopping and didn't buy six bottles hmm. well I, <laughs> sometimes i'll come in for one two or three um and then if you get a Magnum, you know, you, you, mm -hmm. I have to answer to my wife too, John. So yeah. I, like, um, <laughs> join the club. Me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so, and then you have the barn insider. Is that going to keep going now that the website's up? Yeah. That's been, been such an institution, you know, that allows, we don't allow store pickup on the online just cause we're concerned about logistics and confusion Absolutely. in the back room. Someday if we can work it out, we'll do it. But right now we're not. Uh, the Insider will stay because that's something where we sell a minimum of 200 cases. When we really find an amazing deal and there's enough of it, uh, we'll jump on between two and 300 cases. We'll send that Insider out, and it's gone usually in 48 hours. Wow. So, I mean, and there's been some great wines that have come across um, yeah. the Barn Insider. It um, takes a while to find them because yeah. it's got to have some real impact. And right, because it's not a normal, consistent thing. It just kind of happens when it comes together. Is that right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, all, I'm looking for it all year long. i constantly telling the reps I'm looking for it. It's generally, you know, local and generally Zinfandel or Pinot, although we've done Merlot and Cab blends and Syrah blends. Uh, the most successful have always been Zin and Pinot, you know, from well-known areas. And yeah. Usually at least half of what the winery is selling it for yeah. online. Yeah. So, and that's and and you find out about those from signing up to the yeah. Email, so now the lists are merged. List. Yeah. Uh, so if you sign up online, you'll get the insider too. But we uh, and you also get the emails that we do for online. Awesome. So that's great. I'll be well, signing up immediately after this. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got yeah. Hannah right there. Hannah, can we sign up? Yeah. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> toss her right now online. <laughs> Our All right, there. done. <laughs> Barry, it is cool. You know, you've set out four really cool things about the place. You know, trust. You guys are here in the heart of wine country, and you have really excellent staff with good taste buds. Yeah, oh, yeah. I should say. You know, good value, ease, and free shipping on things that are six or over. I yeah, like I, I just try not to mess it up. You know, when Ben passed away, he had set up a really great thing here, and uh, especially locally. You know, had a great reputation, and the staff was always courteous and helpful. So my background was in imports, so I could help on that end a little bit. And then adding the online was kind of a mutual decision with the owner and general manager. So um, just trying to expand out a little bit without messing up the core recipe, basically. And so you've been doing some, um, some judging at some wine competitions also, is that right? Yeah, that's another 
way for me to kind of stay up with things locally. I just finished the San Francisco Chronicle tasting, which your wines uh, did quite well in. Yeah, we were very excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Harvest Fair was before that in uh, October, yep. and then uh, in the spring we'll have the uh, Press Democrat North Coast uh, Challenge. I'm yep. doing Pigs and Pinot in March. That's one I haven't done before. Is that actually a competition? Yeah, it's a kind of a food and wine judging with Charlie oh, cool. Palmer's involved. Oh yeah, and, yeah, uh, Darryl oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Mister Restaurateur. Yeah. yeah, he's got some nice places. He oh yeah. No, I'm excited to do this. I'm. Uh, I've not heard it's a really fun. Yeah, deal, cool. So. Wasn't it everyone does their take on uh, pig and then they're paired with different pinots? Is that what it is? I think. I haven't done I just read briefly online what was involved. But, yeah, there's like four events surrounding it, like a Friday night thing, yeah. and Saturday day, and okay. Saturday night, and the judging. And so. what are you drinking at home? My next question. Boy, Thank that's you. a good one. Thank uh, you, well, my wife's big on champagne, so by de facto I wind up drinking a lot of champagne. Yeah. Um, she's liking the more natural wines. Uh, you know, some lower sulfites, uh, no fertilizers, no insecticides, that kind of thing. I think Ordaz, this wine that you guys are looking at now, is that category. The, the Zin? Don't yeah. Drink, Ordaz, yeah. yeah. Don't drink that. <laughs> so here's, okay, everybody out in podcast Too land. natural? Um, no, no, you know what? And and, and I, I worked with the Ordazes because Chewy was the vineyard manager at Kenwood oh. back in the old days. Oh, that's right. Oh, there um, you go. And and the Montecito Vineyard is the vineyard that Mike Lee purchased, um, and I've actually made uh, Cabernet off that vineyard in the oh, past. Wow. Um, but in this case, we have a corked bottle, and it's oh. here live. Cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> so well, it's interesting. I mean, we always talk about, you know, corked bottles and stuff, and I don't think we've ever, in all the bottles we've opened on the show, we haven't had anything. What is it that first told you? Uh, the mm. aroma. Aroma. Yeah, Instantly suppressed. Smelling the- yeah, it's suppressed. Um, uh suppressed fruit and um it just yeah it smells it's like. amazing how much less that's happening now though i well that's what i was gonna say i mean impressive. it's really gotten better quality of cork yeah Is i just did a reason? tour in portugal of the cork factories and you can really see they've ramped it up uh significantly because it's getting more competitive and in three days at the chronicle uh we tasted 360 wines we had two cork bottles there you go i mean that's no. that's Sounds pretty good odds to me, um, and and you know, and I'm I'm a fa- I'm a fan of corks, um, and uh, probably will always have corks, um, and it is. It's just been they've ramped up the, the quality of how they process and in how they harvest the corks, and it's made a big difference. So it yeah. is very odd that you would have something like this, but well, and so perfect situation. <clears throat> we get this home, realize it's corked. We bring it back to Bottle Barn, and they say. Oh yeah, liberal. We have a liberal return policy. We, you know, we'll check it out. Just make sure that ninety-nine percent of the time you'll get your money back. You know, unless it's, I've had people bring back. They had to open seven bottles to be sure they were all bad. That was a little marginal. (laughs) Or or when they really didn't want. Or or when it or when it comes back and there's about a thimble in the bottom and like yeah, yeah, there's something wrong with this. That's a little sketchy. You might not get your money back. (laughs) Well, I had to keep trying it just to make sure it sucked. I'm sorry. And all those six (laughs) bottles you had to keep trying as well. That's right. Exactly. That's exactly it. So. Uh, to further answer your question, uh, outside of Champagne, um, big fan of Chateauneuf de Pop uh, in the South. Uh, I have to be careful though; it's pretty high octane, so sometimes I don't feel so great the next day if I have one glass too many. It's not as light as Burgundy or Pinot, right. but I love the flavors, um, and I've always loved Burgundy. But it's become a little bit unaffordable. Although you can find deals in the lesser-known Appalachians, uh, Fixan or. Uh, 
uh, even Bourgogne Rouge and whites like Rui or Saint Aubin, although Saint Aubin's creeping up now too. So you've got a nice little Burgundy section in there. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's just it's been more challenging to buy there because of pricing, and you really have to I find. Can, it really is. I mean, diamonds in the twenty world. years ago, traveling there, mm-hmm. I was priced out of the market. It was yeah, ridiculous. They've always been high, but they've they've hit another level at this point. Well. Who knows what they're going to make in the next 20 years? Then, yeah. You know? And Barry, do you guys buy um, collections? Yeah. Actually, we had a really exciting collection. We bought two of them back to back in November, December. The bigger and more exciting one to me was uh, uh, from Marcy Kiefer, who passed away um, last year, uh, who owned Kiefer Ranch in Sonoma. And yep. she had a large collection of all the guys she sold to, like Costa Brown and Fela. Ooh, that's a lot of old really bottles nice. from yeah. Waring and stuff back to 98, 99, 2000. And winemakers were in here clamoring, checking the stuff that they had made back in the day. And even some of the owners were buying stuff they didn't have in their library. And it was an exciting thing. Uh, and we priced it really reasonably just because, you know, we wanted, wanted it to go away and we wanted people to be happy. So, yeah, that's, well. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and how does that process happen? I assume they approach you guys and yeah, and it's not a thing we're super proactive on, but there's plenty of people that wind up buying too much, get in trouble with their wives or whatever, like we were right. talking about. And yeah. it's time to pare it down or they can't yeah. drink anymore because the doctors tell them they can't, whatever it is. I never want to hear that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but how do you guys determine pricing on something like that? If you're buying a collection, um, that one was a little challenging in that, Normally, I can just go on Wine Searcher, and I basically want the retail to come out on the lowest end and the lower 10% of pricing on Wine Searcher. But many of those wines weren't on there, so I had to make my best guess based on you know vintages close to that. Um, so we just basically find the retail price and back off our normal markup, which is like 17%, uh, 20% markup, 17 margin. And uh, that's how we arrive at the, the offer price. So. Anybody out there wants to sell their seller? <laughs> Me and Brian had a lot of fun around that time, uh, November, December, picking up a few things for ourselves personally. And uh, the opportunity to find some older back vintage Kiefer Ranch, Sonoma Coast items was really yeah. fun to see. A great little uh, oh, You guys actually got in on that. Yes. I picked up a few early bottles. Acquirers. I picked up a few bottles for my staff, and we had a little fun tasting some 0203 Fela Kiefer Ranch, Sonoma Coast. Yeah. Uh, That's a awesome. fun time, a really fun time, and you know, uh, worth, worth every penny we spent on it. I yeah, I think out of 250 cases, we might have gotten five or six return bottles that, that were over the hill which is pretty remarkable considering there was Zinfandel in there from uh, the mid eighties. So (laughs) it was a really well-kept cellar, very cold. And uh, most of those bottles never moved after release. That's awesome. Wow. It was fun. So now do you find it hard going out to a restaurant and sort of justify paying uh, the prices that you see on wine list? Yeah. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Disclaimer. I don't go to any restaurants. I can't bring my own wine basically that I don't have a relationship unless I'm out of town. It's just too, I understand they have to make money, and I'm happy to pay the corkage, but I'm always behind on the wines I need to taste anyway. So uh, I like to take that time to bring bottles to a restaurant. So there you go. Yeah, that's what's and Sandra Bernstein would say that she thinks that's an honor. Brandon and I have a little different attitude when yeah. it comes to people. <laughs> I've heard everything <laughs> under the sun. I mean, well, we'll we'll hit you for thirty five bucks a bottle, and then fifty after 
too. Yeah, um, that's reasonable. I, I think that's reasonable. And I, I think that just went up recently. I, I mean, I think places over in Napa, it's what is what was Ian saying? French laundry was it's something stupid like oh, uh, 75 now, I think. Or I think it's more. Higher. I think it's more. It's been a They're while. Really since you really have to want to bring your own special bottle for like a reason a yeah i guess if it you makes g- the value a little bit more approachable when you bring something high-end or something expensive for the corkage fee um, yeah but that's you know the price you pay unfortunately for, for well, if the list is well priced so yeah. i will pull yeah. the trigger but yeah i mean people need to but people some people take advantage of it and you obviously don't oh, you're yeah. in the business you know but yeah. there are people that show up with wines that are already on the list or yeah. you know they got them two for seven at the yeah, store there's a certain decorum you know, that yeah and sh- should be followed yeah exactly. exactly you know if you're trying to cheat somebody though you probably aren't that good of a wine fan and you really aren't trying to figure out what you really love and what you want to try that's new and yeah that, that's the cool thing about a good wine list um like at uh, uh bouchon mm-hmm. we went there for thanksgiving oh, Try yeah. tried a bunch of different wines just it was wonderful mainly a couple burgundians that were well priced and you know yeah. had fun but i wouldn't have done it other than that and, yeah. and uh, it's Brian that taught me to be a little more adventurous on, on a wine list. Don't go for the one you want. Go for something you haven't tried. John was a, a Silver Oak uh, cab drinker for a long time. <laughs> so he needed to have his long mind time ago. He's in recovery. Yeah. I have my mind expanded <laughs> yeah. since it wasn't the 60s anymore. Because it had already been blown. Yeah, right, thank right. you. <laughs> there you go. Well, Barry, how many, if you had to take a guess, and I know you guys don't have barcodes, but how many SKUs of wines do you think you have in the shop? Yeah, I was talking to the owner about that the other day. We think at least minimum 6,000 SKUs in the wine well, section. I was just going to say 1,000. We were talking all the way yet. Yeah. 1,000 over Those there. bins are remarkable. Each section of those bins can hold 60 different labels, and we've probably, just in the bins, not even on the side or stacks or any of that, and we've got... I think uh, 50 of those bins at least. Yeah, That's 3,000 just there without the sides or the back right. or the stacks. So, yeah, it's up there. It's, and what happened to your Italian wall? So there was we were losing wines in a number of ways. You had to kind of hand, get on your hands and knees to see what was down below, and you'd pull a bottle out, and there would be an avalanche and breakage. So we're pulling those book, bookcases over here. And where we can keep smaller lots, and we're putting in bins there so it it can manage the Italian section better. So, um, yeah, that's in process right now. So, and it's allowing us to expand the Loire Valley section, and you know, I think we'll expand Alsace too, because that category has really been growing. So, right. yeah, we we thought, but we thought maybe you were kicking the Italian wines out of the store. No, no, just trying to organize them better, see what we have. It's one of my favorite. In fact, Rare Wine Company, That's that was probably 75% of our business, high-end Barolo, Barbaresco, yeah. Nebbiolo, Barbera. So a true love of mine, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and, and so not only, if people don't know and you haven't been to Bottle Barn, not only do you have tons of wine, but liquor and beer, which mm-hmm. I honestly, I have never been down either one of those aisles. Um, it's crazy, but, but I hear people talk about an incredible selection. And then Brandon tells me the first thing he does when he comes in is heads for the, uh, he, he goes down the, the aisle to the right and looks at glassware. Oh yeah. Um, you guys have really nice selection too. The, oh really? 
Yeah, yeah. Cool. High end Zalto glassware, Rito glassware. Um, really impressive collection that I've bought and won too many things of, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, and we've expanded uh, sake now, and uh, cider section's growing, um, and whiskey's just off the chart. We can't, if you came in here at the end of December, the whiskey shelves were bare. We just couldn't keep them stocked. It was, it's such a hot category right now. And do you mean like small distilled, small distilleries, or everything Japanese whiskey American whiskey everything bourbons rice so uh, anything single malt scotch Japanese scotch everything's really going right now even bitters we have a giant bookshelf of bitters there must be 200 bitter selections there it's crazy yeah how do you guys handle the whole uh, pappy issue? Because I know you probably sell enough that you get some, but then do you have yeah. a list, a sweepstakes, a raffle? What do That's, you do? Uh, we were going to actually do an auction, and we found out the logistics of that was too difficult. Um, I think Jason's still, that's his problem, luckily. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's he's handling all that. I think he's got some really long-term customers he's given our small allocation to. But we are trying to think more creatively, maybe uh, – somehow maybe online or do something where we could auction it off and donate to a local charity or something like that. So that's been in the works for a while. We wanted to get the online thing up and running first and then see how we could do it. So, all right. I have a question for the, the table, everybody. Um, you have Bordeaux's from my $195 to 1999. Mm-hmm. What's the difference in taste to me and you from 20 bucks to 200? Brandon, one. first. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, distinction. Distinction, age-worthiness, um, you know, in terms of classification, uh, a whole lot of... Uh, a whole lot of factors. Jeez, there's, 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 no, there's no simple answer for that one. Okay, I'm not going to put it down. Is it okay for me to drink a $20 bottle of Bordeaux while I'm lusting after the 120s? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, s- some of the some of the better younger Bordeaux that I've had are approachable Bordeaux under under 30 yeah. 40 That's better bottle. than the other way around. If you drink the $120 bottle young when it hasn't really fully blossomed, uh, that's more of a viol- egregious violation in my book. Well, can right. you put <laughs> wine down yourself? I'm uh, not that great at it, but I'm trying again. I sold, I had built up a pretty good seller, and then when I got married, I sold it all off to pay for the wedding. So for the last 20 years, I've been trying to build it back up. I had a situation like that, too. Yeah. Um, okay. Huge collection of, uh, of old toy cars uh, and boxed mint kits, et cetera. And they all went. Yeah. You know, so I have a few left, but... No, nothing, and somehow we have now um, destroyed the wine collection too. So I'm, I'm in a sorry state. I need to just hang out in your back room. Exactly. Just start you need a new wife. We'll hook you up. No, 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 no. Yeah, easy, Brian. I, I think I, I think just, Joe listens. Staring I the just really don't need to uh, drink as much good wine, and that's why. I mean, look, the bottle that we have, the Cote de Rhone, there, beautifully nice. I mean, I, I'm fine with this you know before dinner and then joan always says well what are we having with dinner and that's when i go to you know either dane sellers or the imagery or 16600 or somebody mm-hmm. that i know yeah you know mm-hmm. it's a known commodity but you know i'm drinking a 20 dollar bottle or a 10 dollar bottle of spanish grenache recently mm-hmm. that's been really good oh yeah i don't know how they do it there's uh, more the, upside the, than downside in that there scenario. is Two bottles a night, John. That's all we ask. Two bottles a night. That's it. Keep it going. Going back to the old Gunlock Bunch you ads, right? Exactly right. Is it too much to ask? I don't think so. I don't think so. Seems reasonable to me. I'm there. There's three open on my counter right now. There you go. 
<laughs> Brian, you're you're in the same boat. I know you are. Uh, yeah, I always have things open. And then when once you buy a Coravin, it's a whole new game too, because there's mm. things that you don't want to open if you know you're not going to drink the whole thing. But once you have a Coravin at your house, gives you carte blanche to do something yeah, a little nicer. Then you're just yeah. you know tasting four or five different wines in a night, and then you can go back to them a week, two later, whatever you want, or you know, people come over for dinner and they don't know that you corvined out a third of it. You just kind of yeah. pop the bottle while you're sitting at the table. Does, it, and yeah, does that impact at all the balance of the bottle? There's a debate for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. E- even the argon and just just moving the wine is going to change the wine. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's still going to evolve. Not that's it's I'm not slower. saying it's a negative. It's a slower mm-hmm. evolution. You know, maybe it's some indication to what the wine's going to be like in another five years or something. But would you put on one down for day? another five years if you tapped into it? No. Or you would continue it, to drink over the few, next few no, weeks? No, you'd want to drink. And actually, Brandon and I were talking about this last night because we corv in a lot of high-end wines at the at the hotel. and, and there's. Can I know, join in? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, there's sometimes when you're selling Screaming Eagle for $900 a glass or you're selling oh, Opus shit. or, you know, there's things that don't move very often. So if you sell one glass and you've got the other three in the bottle, how long do you want to hold on to that bottle with that amount of air in there? Yeah. Um, it, I think that it does do start think, to affect Barry? the wine. Yeah, a lot of the sales reps tell me, because they use them all the time, you know, when they've got nicer things to take around. And that way they can do it over a course of a week or two weeks. But it seems like once it gets past halfway, uh, the deterioration accelerates. Um, you're usually good until you get to that halfway, from what I can tell. And for me, I like to just track a wine over two or three days at home, sometimes four, uh, without Corvan, just to see what it does. And some wines become magical, and some some of the more natural wines will crash and burn by the fourth day, just because they can't handle the aeration the way the wines with lots of preservatives do. So. Right. Yeah. You know, that that's an interesting question. Do you see people looking for more natural wines? Yes, quote, definitely. Unquote, being that there's really no mm-hmm. classification or, or yeah, guidelines. Yeah, we've even started putting, you know, we have four designations around the store. Jordan and Dennis have been working on this, but uh, uh, organic, practicing organic, certified organic, practicing biodynamic, and uh, certified biodynamic. Uh, and we're thinking of creating a section. We had a small one for a while, and then it got too busy to keep up. But definitely got, especially younger people, seem to be really into this, although I've seen it at all age groups. Um, and there's definitely more interest, including my wife, who's a believer. Yeah, I was no. out with someone in um, in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago out at dinner, and he was he's a millennial. He's mm-hmm. in early to mid-20s, and, and he was talking about restaurants that he liked to go to, and he would always mention, oh, yeah, and they have a real good natural wine list. Yeah, yeah. And I think what happened out of the gates is the natural wines were pretty shaky early on and, and got a bad reputation. Uh, but that's definitely changed. There's the, the tide is turning on that. and Yeah, and there, I think early on, defects, um, defects that could easily, as a winemaker speaking, defects mm-hmm. that could easily been fixed um, were it was okay just to say, well, it's okay because they're kind of glossed wines. over it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that just doesn't work for well, me. Well, it's like at restaurants. I mean, I, I, I make my wines using those practices, but I don't say I'm a natural winemaker. Right. Just because I don't want the grief. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's expensive, you know, to, if you have, if you go through the right. whole certification process and all that. Right. But, I mean, like for me, the wines, if, if the grapes are from, um, certified organic vineyards, then I can put, you know, organically grown grapes on the label. Right. And to me, that's that's 
says it, you know, and, and if you start with organic yeah. grapes, then you're on a good start. If you're claiming to be a natural winemaker and, you know, your grapes are farmed traditionally um, or with herbicides and pesticides, then I think you're kind of missing the point a little yeah, bit. That but doesn't how could they? Could you claim it if you're using grapes that have been adulterated with it? Well, I mean, you can claim anything. There's yeah, no true. natural wine doesn't, you know, doesn't mean there's no certification. There's That's no right. standard. That's right. Well, know. Brian did that. You had an entire list of everything that you could say or could be under natural wines, under the concept of natural wines. Well, uh, you mean um, talking about they're supposed to be under, I don't know, it's something like 10 parts per million sulfites. There's, um, I mean, there's, but no one has really laid down guidelines for something to be called a quote unquote natural wine and to have it labeled as such. Right. There's no, so there's no certification. Yeah. Standard. So it's kind of strange when people talk about natural wines. But I do mm-hmm. like the fact you're putting organic grapes on, you know, you're mentioning that you start right and you do now it. Now right. they're finding Roundup in everything. So that kind of blows the whole thing. Doesn't yeah. And doesn't that suck? <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. I'm, not I, good. Um, my ad agency used to do tons of cereal and, and granola bars and all that kind of stuff. Every one of them, except Kashi, mm-hmm. has Roundup in it. Oh. And Kashi was owned by Kellogg's. They didn't want anybody to know that the same people who dumped out your kids' trash for the morning, right. you know, also had a really cool brand uh, out of California. Uh, and believe me, uh, that's, that's about the only cereal I ever eat. I never eat the granola bars anymore. I mean, hell with it. So. You know too much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Brian, I was wanted to, before we get uh, uh, in on the 10-minute uh, rule, it's too old to talk about. The price of wine. Uh, you mentioned a, a Screaming Eagle for $900 a glass, and my fascination with Latesh uh, continues. Um, $5,000 a bottle, average price on Wine Searcher. Oh, it's crazy. Ouch. Ouch. Okay. (laughs) So who buys that? And do they have a good palate? Are they looking for the palate? Or are they just looking to spend Ask the the millennial. I'm going to hand this right over to Brandon. Brandon? And because Brandon is on the floor every night selling wine, and so he knows who's buying the DRC, who's buying the high-end Napa cabs, and who's looking for the Screaming Deals. Screaming Deals, Screaming Eagle. Right. There you go. Uh, You know, a lot of it is showcase a lot of it is quality a lot of it is cult following for some of those bigger especially those napa cabs um do we move through a lot of that product often not not super often as maybe we'd like for as a business um but you know we do have uh, a guest who will who will come in every now and then have a serious inquiry for it you know and i'm not as reluctant to give everyone a one ounce taste of screaming eagle to see if they want to pay that the price tag you know so it's a very kind of uh, sticky area um but i think uh, there is a certain wine buyer or someone who has the fiscal power uh, who, who likes great food who likes great wine and has the the expense account to do so um but not everyone's looking for that $900 glass of wine. Personally, I think there's a lot of great wines in Napa on our wine list that you, for the price of one glass of Screaming Eagle, you could find a whole bottle's worth of something that'll maybe knock your socks off. Oh, you might off. find a case. Or yeah. a case, yeah. <laughs> or a case, yeah, a case. Six or, or you can come to Bottle Barn. Yeah, you can go and find 10 cases. Yeah, and yeah. find three, four cases. You know, multiplying, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 a sticky, so it's a sticky kind of topic, but um, would I personally justify it? 
not exactly. Um, I don't know if that's a if that's bad to say, but it's all okay. Exactly. You're lucky enough that you have a Corvin in your hand, so if you pull out that screaming eagle, you can pull an ounce if you want out. But if you yeah. actually walked into a restaurant and had to pay for it, there's no fucking way you're gonna spend exactly. nine hundred dollars on a glass, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I look for value because, and that's why I was asking you, Barry, if it's hard to buy wine because when you're a, when you buy wine for a living and you have that as a job and you know what you're paying for wine, it, mm-hmm. for me, it gets harder. I start searching out value-oriented wines. Yeah. And that's typically what I buy when I come here to Bottle Barn. I'm not always looking to splurge for myself. I'm looking for really good deals on high-quality wine. I mean, last night I was drinking that Bokish, Marcus Bokish, that Alvarino mm-hmm. for 13 bucks. I mean, to me, that's, I, I even posted on Instagram and said I felt like I was stealing yeah. Um, to, to walk out with a great bottle of wine at that price and, and knowing who the producer is yeah. and the pedigree. I mean, it's just amazing. You have to that, kiss a lot of frogs. Uh, the, the high and low end are the hardest. You know, the, the lower end, you've got to taste a lot, of, a lot of wines to find stuff like that bokish. And um, on the high end, you've got to stay on top of the, the wineries or your purveyors like, hey, did you give me my allocation to this? Or, you know, or is, it, is this a good year for that? It might not be a wine I love, but I know I've got collectors that buy it every year. And right. You don't want to get overlooked, and you know sometimes you have to play games to get it, buy other things, which is not usually a problem for us because we sell everything. Right. But the high end and low end are the ones that are the most labor intensive. That's why I like hanging out with Brian. He always finds finds me and just and finds in general the best kind of value wines. And mm-hmm. to be honest, sometimes I'm all, I'm not always looking for the best value wines, but he'll bring something. <laughs> yeah. he won't show me the price tag, and I taste it, and it's it's significantly marginally less than what I thought it was. Yeah. So he does help me out with some valued stuff. Well, except for the other day he had, uh, was Chris Cherry. Uh, we got a bottle of the Villa Creek, uh, Moved, uh, 2011, um, from Chris Cherry. And I told him how much it costs. He said, I don't know if I'd pay that much. For yeah. That. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, everything else. That's well, good to so check in. Even what on is the, the screaming Eagle and the Latesh like? Uh, I don't know if we have Latesh listed by the bottle right now. Uh, We've got some DRC, I think vintage. going back to w- like 90, 99, yeah. That's when they're just starting to get good. Yeah. They really need the age for sure. Yeah. Well, and it's harder and harder when you have, we've had this conversation too with allocated wines where as a restaurant, when you have the ability to buy something that's highly allocated, you get it and you don't have the ability to sit on it because that's just like having money just sitting there. So you put it on the list. So you've got the Synquanon, that just got released that right. you know should be sitting down for seven, eight years until you even want to open it up, mm-hmm. but it's gone in three weeks because other people are excited to get the opportunity right. to drink it, but they're not drinking it in that window that you think they should. And it's kind of a shame, but um, luckily at the hotel, we have over 500 bottles. So a lot of stuff will- 600. S- so 600. 600 now. So Brandon does inventory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so some stuff will actually sit there for a while and and you can get some really nice aged wines, but um, yeah, typically that stuff goes fast. Do you guys ever get a hold of any Synquanon wines? Yeah, we get a small allocation each year, and then um, I actually sell my allocation to the store. I, I'm on their list, and then a couple customers sell us their allocation. So do you get just any Saxum? Uh, yeah, we get a, a Saxum allocation. Um, somebody else from down there. Um, forget the other big guy. Uh, I'm spacing and out. Brian yeah. went in to find a Costa Brown for me 
and I th- guess it had just been sold. Oh, well, John said, uh, oh, they probably don't have any Costa Brown, and Brandon and I saw a few bottles last weekend when we were here, so we I, I took him right to the bin, and they were not there. You got to go to the stash room. I have got about 12 cases there. From uh, bingo. Okay. My next, yeah. my next <laughs> comment on your website, you have a, a place called the stash yeah and i'm just going through it it's like oh i've just changed my buying habits for the day yeah that's actually migrating <laughs> into the main store now so that that came from the store we've got a back room that's temperature controlled where we put basically the especially during the summer it's important the hundred dollar and up bottles go back there the burgundies bordeaux senequinon right uh and then out of that cellar there was a ton of costa brown in fact both sellers i bought in the fall had a lot of Costa Brown in it. So we've got more than we've ever had. Um, but I split that up between the online and the store. Eventually that's just going to be as part of the store. It won't be called the stash anymore. It'll just be a, a fine and rare box on the front page and you'll be able to click through to all the fine and rare wines. So, well, I do like the stash concept. So yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. We'll keep that at the store. So cool. That's awesome. It's awesome. We've got a Latour on there. It's one of my favorites. It's only 950. Yeah. You know, it's like, God, I'm glad I was drinking that way back when, when it was actually $65 a bottle in Chicago. Good old days. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, this has been great. Um, Anybody have anything else for Barry? No, I just want to say thank you. uh, My pleasure. For having this this tour, because for me, it's like, it, it literally is like being a kid in a candy store when you come here. And, and not only just buying this, just coming and looking at all the labels. If you're really into wine, you can spend two hours here just buying one bottle. But because you want to go through all the different regions, all the different labels, look at the... I'm, I could literally, if I worked here, I'd be in big trouble. It was like, yeah. uh, I used to work at, um, I worked at Macy's when I was 19 for about six months and my paycheck went to close. Right. If I you worked here, over. I don't know how Hannah's doing, but she, uh, I'm sure she spends a little bit of, uh, her paycheck here. Yeah. Well. I worked at a record store and it yeah. all went to music right back in and maybe a little bit. To I like that part. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good music thing. coop. Yeah, so music. Bart, yeah. when you go over with us later and you start shopping, what are you going to look for? Well, I, I was just up here and I uh, bought a couple, three different Shenans and three different Gruners the last time I was up. Um, oh, yeah, you had one on the show yeah, last And week. then I bought a bottle of the Rossi Grenache. And so that's the most recent, my re- most recent purchase. I, I just kind of walk through the store and see what inspires me usually when I go through, you know. Yeah, so. more and more good Shenan Blanc coming out. Well, yeah, yeah Brandon, you're making one. What are you going to go for over there? Um, I'm always looking at bubbly. I love a good, either large format, uh, either champagne or, or domestic California sparkling. Me and Brian, when we went on a little thousand uh, dollar shopping spree the other day, we got a nice uh, three liter, yeah. three liter of a Rotor Estate Brut. So that was kind of fun to see. Nice. Even that any anyone had a larger format bottle was really cool to see. So we had a we had Did to you grab guys it. saber it. We should have. I should have. <laughs> yeah. um, no, unfortunately. But uh, if I had to redo that whole evening in which we drank that bottle, I'd try to, I'd try to savor it. Yeah. yeah, we had that same bottle at our party, and it was the first one gone. Three liter of Rotor Estate. Just you guys are, are partying. Yeah. You're telling me. So what are you going to look for, Brian? Uh, like I said, I'm always looking for a good deal. So, um, you know, Whatever I can find under twenty bucks that I know basically where the the wine is grown and who's making it, um, and I know it's high quality, I'm jumping all over it. And primarily whites. You know how I am, John. I'm drinking mostly whites. I'm getting off at night, and I come home. I want a nice glass of of uh, something cold. So the Chenin Blancs, like you mm-hmm. said, uh, Barry, are are 
definitely mm-hmm. one of those categories I'm always looking for. Uh, do you have any of uh, Tegan's uh, Sandlands uh, wines? Possibly. Okay. <laughs> In the back room, he only gives me six bottles. I have to see if there's uh, what's Isn't left. That amazing. Yeah, okay. he's. That's his maybe allocated I'll, his DRC you, now. Maybe I'll sell you my allocation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, maybe no, I love his Chenin Blanc. Is, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, go ahead. Hey, mm-hmm. Barry, what about you? Anything else that you want to touch on? Uh, anything we didn't didn't get to talk about that is important to you? Boy, I think we, I think we covered uh, the most important things. Look out for our events coming up. Those are a lot of fun. They've sold out uh, the four we did last year in 48 hours, basically. And we're going to expand that a little bit this year. And it's a good time. We're at the Hyatt uh, in the room that opens up into the garden area where they have the weddings and the wisteria growing and yep. the fountain. So it's it's a lot of fun, very festive. Uh, so, yeah, just get on the list. That's the You can see what's going on at Bottleborn that way. And how do they get a hold of you on the, on the Internet? Uh, info at Bottle or I'm buywines at Bottleborn.com, or you can just sign up uh, to be on the list, and you can respond to any of the uh, emails you get from us, and we'll – respond back. I think we need Hannah to come over here for a second. And it's just bottlebarn.com. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the key right there. So uh, you've been working over there all the time that we have been uh, talking. So what are you putting on? Uh, so right now I just added a bunch of new wines over to the new section that Barry was saying, that rare and fine section. So we're slowly migrating those over so people get pictures, they get more of a description for that section because we do have a lot of wine buyers coming through Wine Searcher looking for that. So that's going to be big and upcoming. Um, but yeah, like Barry said. What'd you put on there for me today? And it's something <laughs> I'm going to go <laughs> over there. Well, there's a $3,000 <laughs> bottle on there now. Hello. So. Uh, no, that's not going to be Perfect. today. I'm sorry about <laughs> we'll that. We'll take two. So. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You're doing a great job. Thank if you. you're doing the website, awesome. Thanks Perfect. So, so, well, uh, as we were informed this week, and I was instructed to talk about it today, um, there's another podcast, pseudo podcast, video, um, etc. That's calling themselves the Winemakers Podcast, and we are to say today that thank you. That uh, imitation is the sincerest <laughs> form of flattery, but. But you'll be hearing seller media has already heard from the attorney so uh can't do that guys got to change the name in some way shape or form as we have been doing this as the winemakers podcast for a couple of years now so now we stated it on the air we're all legal the letter went out and so hey it is a sincere form of flattery isn't it bart well i i mean i i i wonder if they were even aware of it you know i always kind of go that way but uh, whatever it is, uh, just to not have it there be confusion because there already is, you know, some sort of confusion, obviously, and just to kind of lay it out there, right, Brian? Well, and I always want to make friends, but at some point you got to kind of put your foot down. So if they want to be the winemakers of Paso Robles, that's great, but if they want to be the winemakers podcast, it's not going to happen. So, so you're going to be a throwdown at some point? Uh, well, sure we've got a legal that. team involved at this point. <laughs> there, I think they're probably receiving the registered letter today. There is another um, bottle barn, but luckily they're in South Dakota, so it's not seen it as a huge threat. It doesn't really matter right. to you, does it? <laughs> I was going to ask that, Barry. Is this, this is the only bottle barn that's... That, is run yes. by this particular yeah. ownership. We are, I can't say a lot about it because it's not very far along, but we're looking for a possible annex store that would service another part of uh, this community. Uh, you got me drooling right now. I want to know if it's closer to my house. <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> uh, okay. 
<laughs> we'll see. There's a yeah. We've been looking for a while. It's so a town that starts with an S and rhymes with coma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not positive. We might be going the other way, but okay. we'll see. Okay. Wow. What's north of this? We have a lot of people in Napa that drive over here that don't always like to drive an hour, so we'd like to go a little more their direction because yeah. it's the only other place you can repl replicate this producer-driven consumers that we have. Absolutely. You know, they've got just as many as Sonoma does, but they're an hour away, basically, in, if you're in St. Helena. Yeah. Uh, so we'd like to find something closer to them and service that crowd. Just have them come over the mountain. Yeah, that's it. No, That's we do. They're already doing that, so he's but trying to. They, they, give they tell place. me that yeah. they'd be here twice a week instead of twice a year if we were closer to them. So, right. yeah, sometimes the mountain got to go to Muhammad, John. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, hey everybody, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we are the winemakers for Bart Hansen and and Brian Casey, and of course Barry Herbst and, and special and guest special Brandon guest Montalvo. Thank you, thank you so much. And sorry about the uh, corked one. Yeah, we'll but, get you credit uh, on that. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm heading Take back over one. to the store right yeah, now. So. Exactly. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We are the winemakers.